0: Moses or the books of the law. We are looking today at the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, that's a hard word to say, Um, but that is the name of the book. This is the first lesson um, and I planned for maybe two or three, um, but this will be the first of those lessons. I've termed this a journey of remembrance and I, I told you whenever we were looking at numbers, I tried to look on the positive side and I had at one point named this a book of loss because there is the loss of Moses. But I chose remembrance because it is a reminder. The whole book is a reminder of the things that Israel should not forget. A reminder of the commandments that Israel should not forget. A reminder of of all those things that they needed to know about God. uh, All the things that they had been through and all the things that they needed to look forward to as well. And so as we look at the book of Deuteronomy, of course this is a a precursor to the book of Joshua where we read of them going into Canaan and and going beyond that. Um, But we have this book of remembrance. These are things that Moses is reminding the people of before his departure. You might even say these are Moses' last words in a way. Of course, they are the inspired word of God as well. The book of Deuteronomy derives its name from a Greek word meaning second law. Second law. Rather, it is a remembrance of the first law instead of a second law that is given to Israel. It's not a new law. It's not anything new to them, but it is a reminder of what God had already given them. And in that regard, I want us to look at what is said for a moment in Deuteronomy chapter 17. Deuteronomy chapter 17 and verse 18. And this is in regard to the future kingship in Israel. Kings had not come along yet, they had not yet decided, we need a king. However, God could foresee that one day they would want a king. And when they appointed a king to rule over them, this is what is given as a command for the king. In Deuteronomy 17, beginning with verse 18, it says, Also it shall be, when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, that he shall write for himself a copy of this law in a book from the one before the priests, the Levites. And it shall be with him, and he shall read it all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, and be careful to observe all the words of this law and these statutes, that his heart may not be lifted above his brethren, that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, and that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel." God is already promising to be with the kings, to to bless them if they are faithful. And we know uh, many of the stories, we'll look at these later on, uh, about the kings that were faithful and those that were not. But he shall write for himself a copy of this law in a book. And that tells us that this is not a new law, this is not a second law, but again rather A a remembrance of the first law. And he was to remember this law. And they followed under this law until Jesus Christ. Until he died on the cross. Until he put to death the old law to bring to life the new law that we are under today. And even Jesus in his life, he was under the old law. He was under the ordinances of the old law. But again, the law was to be copied, not rewritten, not changed, not altered, but to be copied and remembered constantly in the rule of the kings and in the lives of those that they ruled over in Israel. Deuteronomy is, believe it or not, one of the most quoted of the Old Testament books in the New Testament. One figure says that it is quoted more than 80 times in the New Testament. We have a, a lot of important precepts that are found in Deuteronomy. A lot of things that we need to remem- remember as well. As we look at the book of Deuteronomy it is divided at least I have it divided into four sections. And so I'm going to give you a brief outline of not only what we're going to talk about today, but what we're going to talk about in the next couple of weeks. But beginning with chapters 1 through 4 of Deuteronomy, we have a review of the past. A review of the past. And as we come to chapters 5 through 26, 5 through 26, we have commandments... For the present. And that is going to be our focus today. A review of the past and commandments for the present. And that will cover chapters 1 through 26. In the next week, Lord willing, we'll get into Israel's future, chapters 27 through 30, and the death of Moses in chapters 31 through 34. So as we look at the the book of Deuteronomy, we can can view it in a past, present, future kind of way. And it helps us to to understand what is going on and and what is being given to the people. But today we'll look mostly at the past and the present. And so we begin in chapter 1. Deuteronomy chapter 1. Have your Bibles. I pray that you do. I would encourage you to follow along with us. Deuteronomy chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. Here we have the command to enter Canaan. The command to enter Canaan. These are the words which Moses spoke to all Israel on this side of the Jordan in the wilderness, in the plain opposite Suf, between Paran, Tophel, Laban, Hazaroth, Dizahab. It is 11 days' journey from Horeb by way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. Now it came to pass in the 40th year, in the 11th month, on the first day of the month, that Moses spoke to the children of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him as commandments to them. After he had killed Sihon, king of the Amorites, who dwelt in Heshbon and Og, king of Bashan, who dwelt in Ashtaroth and Edriah, Verse 5 On this side of the Jordan, in the land of Moab, Moses began to explain this law, saying, The Lord our God spoke to us in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt long enough at this mountain. Turn and take your journey and go to the mountains of the Amorites, to all the neighboring places in the plain, in the mountains, and in the lowland, in the south, and on the seacoast, to the land of the Canaanites, and to Lebanon, as far as the great river the river Euphrates. See, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to them and their descendants after them. I want you to notice what is said in verse 2. It is 11 days journey from Horeb by way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. Eleven days journey from Horeb, Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea. It is estimated that in total uh, the journey from Mount Sinai to Mount Nebo to Pisgah where Moses died, it is estimated to be about a twenty days journey. A twenty days journey. And yet, it took Israel nearly 40 years to make this journey because of their disobedience, because of their refusal of God's command to go into the land, because they listened to the spies that brought back a negative report. It was promised them that that generation would pass away before they entered the land of Canaan. 20 days, a 20 days journey took nearly 40 years. In chapter 2, Deuteronomy, Moses spoke of three nations from which Israel had had avoided conflict, commanded not to fight with them. In Deuteronomy chapter 2, excuse me, Deuteronomy chapter 2 and beginning with verse 2, and the Lord spoke to me saying, You have skirted this mountain long enough. Turn northward and command the people, saying, You are about to pass through the territory of your brethren, the descendants of Esau, who live in Seir. And they will be afraid of you. Therefore watch yourselves carefully. Do not meddle with them, for I will not give you any of their land. No, not so much as one footstep, because I have given Mount Seir to Esau as a possession." You shall buy food from them with money that you may eat, and you shall also buy water from them with money that you may drink. Verse 7, For the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hand. He knows your trudging through this great wilderness. These forty years the Lord your God has been with you. You have lacked nothing. And when he passed beyond our brethren, the descendants of Esau who dwell in Seir, Away from the road of the plain, away from Elath and Ezeon-Geber, we turned and passed by way of the wilderness of Moab. The Lord said to me, Do not harass Moab, nor contend with them in battle, for I will not give you any of their land as a possession, because I have given Ar to the descendants of Lot as a possession. There were three nations in which Israel was not to make war, They would not be given possession of the land of these peoples. One was Edom. Edom was a nation. They were descendants of Esau, Jacob's brother. And the other two were Moab and Ammon. These were the descendants of Lot, Abraham's nephew. And even though they were not of Israel, they were blood relatives of Israel. And God had promised them a possession of the lands in which they inhabited. And so Israel was not to make war with them. They were not to try to take over because God would not grant them these lands. In chapters 2 and verse 24... Through chapter 3 and verse 22, we find that they detail the defeat of enemy kings who had not allowed Israel to pass through their nations peacefully. The desire was that Israel pass through them peacefully, that they not make war with these nations. However, these kings stood in the way of them doing that. So you have King Sihon, the Amorite, the king of Heshbon, We read about him in chapter 2, 24 through verse 37. And then we have Og, the king of Bashan, in chapter 3 and verses 1 through 11. And as we come to chapter 3 and verse 12 and reading through verse 22, we find that Israel was given land east of the Jordan. In chapter 3, beginning with verse 18, we read of God's promise. Deuteronomy chapter 3, beginning with verse 18. Then I commanded you at that time, saying, The Lord your God has given you this land to possess. All you men of valor shall cross over armed before your brethren, the children of Israel. But your wives, your little ones, and your livestock, I know that you have much livestock, shall stay in your cities, which I have given you, until the Lord has given rest to your brethren as to you. And they also possess the land which the Lord your God is giving them beyond the Jordan. Then each of you may return to his possession, which I have given you. Verse 21, And I commanded Joshua at that time, saying, your eyes have seen all that the Lord your God has done to these, these two kings. So will the Lord do to all the kingdoms through which you pass. You must not fear them. For the Lord your God himself fights for you. Uh, an important thing to note here also is that as we read through these chapters in Deuteronomy, one thing that we find is that even though Israel had been disobedient to God, even though they had disobeyed His commands, even though they had failed to go into the land of Canaan at God's promise, at His command, even though they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, even as they wandered, we see that God is in control. We see that God cares for His people. Whenever they hunger, He provides them with food. Whenever they thirst, He provides them with water to drink. God took care of His people. Even while they were facing the consequences of their actions, even though they were were facing punishment and, and the whole generation was going to die out before they got to the land of Canaan, God was with His people. And God promised to remain with His people. And Joshua was told not to fear the enemy nations that would stand against them because as long as God was on their side, they would be victorious over them. God still loved His people. He still cared for Israel. And as we read a little bit further in chapter 3, We learn of God's love for Moses. Remember that Moses, because of his error at Kadesh, because he struck a rock in which he was supposed to speak to it, he is told that he will not enter the promised land. He will be able to see it, but he will not enter Deuteronomy chapter 3 and verse 23. Then I pleaded with the Lord at that time saying, "O Lord God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand for what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do anything like your works and your mighty deeds. I pray let me cross over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, those pleasant mountains and and Lebanon. Have you ever been told by your parents as a child, whenever you did something wrong and they told you not to do it or, or they told you to do this or that and you asked why and they said, because I said so. This is one time in which the Bible tells us that God says, because I said so. In verse 26 of Deuteronomy chapter 3, But the Lord was angry with me on your account and would not listen to me. So the Lord said to me, Enough of that. Speak no more to me of this matter. Go up to the top of Pisgah and lift your eyes toward the west, the north, the south, and the east. Behold it with your eyes, for you shall not cross over the Jordan. Command Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him, for he shall go over before this people, and he shall cause them to inherit The land which you will see. Moses was allowed to look, but he could not go in. Why can't I go in? Because I said so. That's enough. Just stop. Doesn't mean that God didn't love Moses by any means. Of course he did. He had a great relationship. Uh, The closest relationship that any man has ever had with God. But here he did not grant Moses' desire. In chapter 4, God, of course through Moses, warns Israel against sin. He reminds them to avoid sin. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, beginning with verse 1, "...now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments which I teach you to observe." that you may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers is giving you. You shall not add to the, to the word which I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did at Baal Peor, for the Lord your God has destroyed from among you all the men who followed Baal of Peor. But you who, hold, who held fast to the Lord your God are alive today, every one of you. And in verse 9, it says, Only take heed to yourself, and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life, and teach them to your children and your grandchildren. Do not add to. Do not take away, but follow the command of the Lord remember it and teach it to your children and to their children further caution is given in verse 15 of Deuteronomy chapter 4 against idolatry take careful heed to yourselves for you saw no form when the Lord spoke to you at Horeb out of the midst of the fire Lest you act corruptly and make for yourselves a carved image in the form of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any animal that is on the earth, or the likeness of any winged bird that flies in the air, the likeness of anything that creeps on the ground, or the likeness of any fish that is in the water beneath the earth. And take heed, lest you lift your eyes to heaven. And when you see the sun, the moon, and the stars, all the hosts of heaven, you feel driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord your God has given to all the peoples under the whole heaven as a heritage. But the Lord has taken you and brought you out of the iron furnace, out of Egypt, to be His people an inheritance, as you are this day. Furthermore, the Lord was angry with me for your sakes, and swore that I would not cross over the Jordan, and that I would not enter... The good land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. But I must die in this land. I must not cross over the Jordan. But you shall cross over and possess that good land. Take heed to yourselves lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God which he made with you. And make for yourselves a carved image. In the form of anything which the Lord your God has forbidden you. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Verse 25. When you beget children and grandchildren, and have grown old in the land, and act corruptly, and make a carved image in the form of anything, and to do evil in the sight of the Lord your God, to provoke Him to anger, I call... Heaven and earth to witness against you this day that you will soon utterly perish from the land which you cross over the Jordan to possess. You will not prolong your days in it, but will be utterly destroyed. And the Lord will scatter you among the peoples, and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord will drive you, and there you will serve gods, the work of men's hands. Wood and stone, which neither see nor hear, nor eat nor smell, but from there you will seek the Lord your God. And you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. When you are in distress, and all these things come upon you in the latter days, when you turn to the Lord your God and obey his voice, for the Lord your God is a merciful God, he will not forsake you, nor destroy you, nor forget the covenant of your fathers which he swore to them. Remember. Remember. Do not make for yourselves any other gods fashioned out of the things that God has created. Do not put anything before God or anyone before God. Remember the Lord your God. However, they would not. They would turn away. And when they did, it is told them that they should turn back. When you turn to the Lord your God and obey His voice, He will not forsake you, nor destroy you, nor forget the covenant of your fathers, which He swore to them. Many of the problems and consequences faced by Israel from this point on were caused by disobedience of these commands were caused by a failure to remember, a failure to remember. But we do find repentance in Israel. We do find that going forward, that, that there are times when they did turn away from God, but they were allowed to, to turn back to Him <clears throat> to repent to remember the things that they had forgotten. They were given those opportunities, and they did. And when they did, just as it is said here, God remembered them. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. Then we come to chapters 5 through 26. Chapters 5 through 26. The commandments for the present. We have a warning for the future. Do not compromise. Do not compromise. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, and beginning with verse 1. Deuteronomy 7 and verse 1. When the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess, and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites and the Gergeshites and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you. And when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. Notice the, the tenth that is given. And when the Lord your God delivers them from, or, or them over to you, when it happens, this is what you shall do. You shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them, nor shall you make marriages with them. You shall not give your daughter to their son, nor take their daughter for your son, for they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. So the anger of the Lord will be aroused against you, and to destroy you suddenly. But thus you shall deal with them. You shall destroy their altars, and break down their sacred pillars, and cut down their wooden images and burn their carved images with fire. For you are a holy people to the Lord, verse 6, to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for Himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set His love on you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the least of all the peoples. But because the Lord loves you and because He would keep the oath which He swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Do not compromise. Do not grant them mercy. Do not give your sons and your daughters to marry with them. sounds very harsh from the Lord. The best that I can understand and the best that I could tell you is that God knew what would happen if they did. God knew that compromise in any way, that it would lead the people away from serving Him. He knew those consequences and He was warning His people to avoid them. Do not compromise. And in chapter 8, verses 11 through 20, do not forget and do not disobey Deuteronomy 8 verse 11 beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments his judgments and his statutes which I command you today lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them and when your hands or when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which, there, in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water who brought water for you out of the flinty rock who fed you in the wilderness with manna which your fathers did not know that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end. Then you say in your heart, My power and the, the might of my hand have gained me this wealth Pride. Verse 18, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth that He may establish His covenant which He swore to your fathers as it is this day, then it shall be if you by any means forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish as the nations which the Lord destroys before you, so you shall perish because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. Dare we ever say that I have gotten this for myself. I have done this for myself. When God is the one who blesses. You shall remember the Lord your God. It is He who gives you power to get well. That He may establish His covenant which He swore to your fathers. He gave them these things. He allowed them these things as according to His promise to bless His people as long as they are obedient. God would give them the land of which He had promised them. But it wasn't going to be because of what they had done for themselves. It wasn't going to be because of their greatness. We see many times over and over again that they failed in serving God. It was not going to be because of their own righteousness that they would receive this promised land. Look with me at Deuteronomy chapter 9 and let's begin reading at verse 4. "...do not think in your heart after the Lord your God has cast them out before you, saying, "...because of my righteousness the Lord has brought me in to possess this land, but it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out from before you. It is not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart that you go in to possess their land, but because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord, God, the Lord your God drives them out from before you, that he may fulfill the word which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Therefore understand that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness, for you are a stiff-necked people. They have provoked the Lord to wrath, In the wilderness, as we read in chapter 9 and verse 7, by building the golden calf while Moses was receiving the law, verses 12 through 16. And when they refused to possess the promised land, verses 22 through 24. And even in their disobedience, we find that Moses interceded on their behalf and the Lord listened to him. Verse 25 of Deuteronomy 9. Thus I prostrated myself before the Lord. Forty days and forty nights I kept prostrating myself because the Lord had said He would destroy you. Therefore I prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord God, do not destroy your people and your inheritance whom you have redeemed through your greatness, whom you have brought out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do not look on the stubbornness of this people or on their wickedness or their sin, lest the land... Which you brought us should, which the land from which you brought us should say, because the Lord was not able to bring them to the land which he promised them, and because he hated them, he has brought them out to kill them in the wilderness. Yet they are your people and your inheritance, whom you brought out by your mighty power and by your outstretched arm. And just summarizing what is in the rest of these chapters, going through chapter 26. In chapter 12, the people are reminded about the importance of worship. In chapter 13, they are told how to test false prophets. In chapters 14 through 26, these are a review of some particular laws and regulations by which Israel must live. As we bring this lesson to a close I want you to remember three things from this lesson. First of all, Israel was warned not to compromise with enemy nations. Not at all. And particularly not accepting of their sins. They were not to compromise not one little bit. Don't show them mercy. Don't give in to these things. Do not compromise. As Christians, is it ever even a possibility that we compromise the will of the Lord for family members, for friends? Maybe we allow at certain times ourselves to do things that we normally wouldn't do because we know better. But we compromise. Have we not accepted the sin of those who are not of the Lord in our own lives, in our nation? Is it that we may have compromised. May we not forget the Lord our God. May we not compromise with the nation in which we live. Israel was also warned not to forget and not to disobey the commands of the Lord. And yet often they did. It's possible though that, that maybe we too have forgotten and maybe we too have disobeyed much like Israel Israel was not to enter the land of promise based on their own righteousness and merit it wasn't going to be because of their righteousness and merit that they would enter the land and neither will we enter our land of promise based on our own righteousness and merit? It won't be that we get to heaven and we say, look, look what I did. I I made it here by myself. That's not a possibility. If we're going to make it to our land of promise, which is heaven, it's going to be because of Jesus Christ. You see, it's not my own righteousness that I wear. It's His righteousness. He was righteous and He was slain on a cross. He offered His life as a sacrifice for me. And because of what He did for me, I am able to be covered by His blood and my sins are forgotten, not because uh, God is forgetful, but because my sins are covered by God the blood of Jesus Christ, the righteous one. We will not get to heaven and say, Look what I did. I got here on my own because of what I did, because of my righteousness. If we get to heaven, it's because of the righteousness of the Son of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 20 and 21, specifically what is said in 21, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleasing through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Jesus was without sin. But He was made sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. There is no way to be righteous outside of Christ. And so if you want to enter heaven, you must be in Christ. And how are we in Christ? We must do those things that we are commanded in the New Testament for us. Hearing. Believing. But it's more than just believing. We also have to confess that belief. We must repent of our sin. Repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Repent and be baptized, then we can be found in Christ. If we have not done that, then we stand outside of Christ. You cannot get to heaven based upon your own righteousness. If maybe you've turned away, maybe you need to come back and repent. Certainly that opportunity is available to you as well. But if there is any way that we can help you, we want to do that. We love you. We care for you. We want you to be a faithful Christian. So if we can assist you in obedience or repentance, prayer, in any way, please let us know as together we stand and as we sing.